This is the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Podcast with Certified Life Coach Brooke Booth, episode number 50. So in honor of the 50th episode, I'm going to talk about communication because it's such an important part of any relationship, especially a mixed faith marriage. Many people come to me wanting to work on their communication skills, which I think is great. I think it's an important skill to develop. I know it's something that I wasn't taught very well, or if I was, I certainly didn't learn it very well. And there's, there's a general lack of ability around communication. I know when we were first married, I can give full credit to my husband. He was way better at this than I was at that point. There was something that came up and he's like, hey, we need to talk. And I had like a physical, visceral reaction of like, no, 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 no. Because it was such an underdeveloped skill set. You know, I was taught how to get annoyed, how to complain, how to avoid, how to withdraw, but not taught how to really talk through issues. So in this podcast, I want to outline some of the basic communication skills that I think are necessary and why. And I want you to see that they build on each other. One is necessary for the next. They build on each other. Okay, we're going to talk about four skills I want you to think about these four skills as like four tools you have in your communication toolbox. Because communication is really a whole bunch of different tools that you use at any given time in order to have effective communication. Okay, tool number one. Learn to identify and be okay with what you want, with your preferences. Many people are uncomfortable with this one. I don't think it's a good idea for them to communicate their preferences. They think it's selfish and they think that that is going to hurt the relationship. So they never even explore what they want, you know, as far as Sunday schedules, options for teaching the kids, tithing, coffee, garments, on and on and on. They get focused on enforcing and respecting others' preferences that they forget to even know and give respect to their own. And then you wonder why you feel stuck or unheard or unappreciated. It's often because our own preferences are in the dark, in the dark to ourselves, and in the dark in our relationship. And I want to suggest to you that it's medicine for your relationship and a bare minimum for communication to know and share your preferences, to know and share what you want, If you think about what communication is, it's basically knowing and sharing. Like that's the very definition. That's the essence of it. So if you know and share what you want in your relationship, this is going to avoid so much resentment, frustration, and unappreciation. Your preferences preferences really do matter. Now, I'm not saying ultimatums. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying it's really important for you to know what matters to you. You need to know what matters to you as far as parenting, money, vacation, church attendance, garments, all of these things, in order to have effective and a real conversation about it. What matters to you matters to the relationship. A spouse genuinely wants to know what matters to the other spouse. Like I'm talking about this in a relationship lack 
lacking abuse and narcissism and all that stuff that you need therapy for. A spouse genuinely wants to know what matters to you and it's your job to communicate that. But first you have to know what that is. This is not selfish. This is self-respect. This is a fundamental skill to good communication. So for me, I had to realize that this was part of me being honest. And I had to be brave to not hold back in people, please. I had to be brave enough to share what I really think and feel. It's an act of vulnerability. And I wanted to do this because I wanted my husband to also be brave and honest with me. This is how we know each other. We have to be able to share with them what we're really thinking and feeling and what our preferences are. This is a necessary part of emotional connection. To share who I really am and not just a pretend version of me that's safer or more that I think is more acceptable, but the real version of me because that's who I want to share so I can really connect emotionally. And that's who I want to know. It's what I want to know about my spouse. Tool number two, and this builds on preferences, direct communication. You have to know your preferences and be okay with them so you can have direct communication. Often we communicate in like cagey fashion. We talk around issues, we tiptoe, we slip ideas in a side door, we hint at ideas, we hint at things. And we do this for a lot of the same reasons that we're not really clear on our preferences. We think we're being selfish for just saying what we want. It feels too assertive, too demanding, too strong, too much. So we go passive. We communicate passively. Now I have a podcast on that. You should re-listen if you're thinking, yep, that's me. Go back and listen to it or re-listen to it because this is really common. When we're in that passive mode, we're playing a guessing game. We want our spouses to guess what we want. And we tell ourselves it's kind of funny stories. You know, if they loved us, they would know. But it's really just a guessing game. And unfortunately, our spouses are not mind readers or code breakers. So when we speak indirectly and passively, we fail to communicate effectively. We often get upset that they're not picking up what we're putting down, even though what we're putting down is confusing. Direct communication, it's a skill set. It's a skill set, just like a screwdriver in a toolbox. It's how we talk in a way that is simple, clear, and straightforward. Direct and not passive. And I want you to consider when you do this, it's not selfish, but it's an act of love. Because you're eliminating the guessing game. It's simple and clear so there can be a real discussion about something that really matters to you. And then an an actual decision being made with all of the information on the table. So in the past, I would complain about something instead of being direct about it. That was my passive way of communicating. And I expected because I was complaining about it, my husband would connect the dots and know that I didn't want something or I did want something. He'd sort of have to read between the lines on my complaining passive. Okay. We recently bought lights for our kitchen remodel and we practiced direct communication. It was so different. So instead of me complaining about his choices or complaining about lights, complaining about that being ugly, 
We both just went and found examples of lights we liked, where to buy them, how much they would cost, the dimensions where we would place them in the kitchen, very clear, simple, and direct. And it was so easy for us to choose the lights. And we'll talk about decision-making because that's one of the skill sets, but you'll see you need to have direct communication. It's one of the foundational skills for communication. Simple, clear, direct communication is everything. Now, this doesn't just apply to lights in kitchens. Parenting, I think, is one of the most important places where direct communication really benefits. Are you having direct clear, simple communication around parenting. What's an age for your kids to make certain decisions is a really great example. You can be simple and clear and direct on these types of things. So for instance, we have one that when they turn 12, they get to decide if they go on certain trips. So we don't travel always together. Sometimes we'll go to different places because this is something that works for us. And so when they're 12, our kids can decide which trip they're going to go on. Do they want to go with mom to this? Do they want to go to dad to this reunion? Do they want to go to mom and visit here? Do they want to go with dad and go here? It's something we have had clear, direct communication on. Because before that, for years, we would talk around it and passively, and it was confusing and everybody was frustrated and hurt hurt when we have clear and direct communication on it it eliminates so much of the hurt and the confusion okay next skill set and they build on each other so once you have direct communication now you can start developing the skill of difficult conversations or conflict resolution so when it's time to have difficult conversations about baptism about temples about ordinations about alcohol, about whatever it is. Knowing your preferences and direct communication are an important part of that. But then it's time to have difficult conversations or conflict resolution, whatever you want to call it. Podcast number 11, I go over a process for difficult conversations. And this is a process I really like. So I would recommend going back and listening to that. But I'll go over it briefly here. So I'll give the example of a recent talk my husband and I had about baptism to walk you through this. So in January, we had a conversation about baptism because this is the year my son turns eight. And in July, I decided I wanted to revisit that conversation. In part because his birthday's in August and also in part because I had some new information. So I followed this process. And I opened up the conversation with... You know, what are you thinking about? I want to touch base with you on baptism. It's been a few months. You know, where are you at? Has anything changed? And listened. And then I shared with him where I was at because some things had changed. Some information I had received had changed things for me. So I shared that. Then the next step is, here are the facts. And we stated those very clearly. Here are the facts. Facts are, Reed's birthday's in August of this year. The facts are you met with the primary presidency in January. The facts are, you know, we had a conversation in January. The facts are, 
you know, we came to this decision in January. Those are the facts. And then we make very clear statements. You make this mean, and then it's my interpretation. And you make this mean, fill in the blanks with his interpretation or his story. My story, his story. My interpretation, his interpretation. This is another form of direct communication. Now, it's very clear where we both are on this topic. Very clear what the facts are. Very clear what our opinions about those facts are. And then the next step of the difficult conversation process is what solutions are available. What solutions can we agree on? What are we going to do to solve this? And this is the point where you just focus on solutions and you don't need to go back and rehash the problem. And I'll tell you how that turned out in our next step, which is decision-making. But I want you to see that difficult conversations, conflict resolution, in order to be effective at that, you really need to be able to know your preferences and you need to be able to communicate directly. Okay, and then you can use a process like this to have a difficult conversation. Okay, number four, then the last skill we're going to talk about today for communication is decision-making. And now decision-making is a little bit of the canary in the coal mine. If you're not having good, you know, preferences communicated, direct communication, difficult conversations, you're going to really struggle with decision-making. If you're really struggling with decision-making, go back to one of those three things and see if you can find out an area to improve to help with the decision-making. So many of the issues we, we grapple with in our Mormon mixed-faith marriage are ultimately decisions. Decisions around tithing, teaching kids. You know, can kids go to church or not? What activities do they attend? You know, what are we going to do about fill-in-the-blank? They're decisions. So you really need to be able to develop the skill set on how to make decisions together. And a lot of the things I've talked about play into that. Making decisions is a skill set in and of itself that's separate from and builds on these skills we've talked about too. But before we go there, I'll tell you, recently we've been working a lot on our decision making. And I realized like that I had a skill set gap in knowing and and communicating my preferences that was impacting our ability to make decisions. And I had to go back and get really clear on my preferences so that our decision making could be more effective. I want to make a comment here that when I realized that I wasn't putting my ideas on the table, that was on me. It's not my husband's job to know and advocate for my preferences. In fact, he can't know them until I know them and share them. So that's why it's so important to have these other skills in place before you want to dive in and do decision making. Okay, I'm going to give you another example here about decision making and why it's so important. So we've got this big perennial garden in our backyard. It's pretty good size. And this is a great example of the lack of decision making that we've used in regards to this garden we started out strong we we put the borders in and we put in some hardscape and then we stopped making decisions together as a couple we stopped effectively making decisions 
So we just started to put random plants in random places. You know, he had some ideas, I had some ideas, but they weren't cohesive and we weren't making decisions together. And so now we have a mess. It's haphazard. No one likes the results. It's a mess. With decision-making, it takes more time on the front end to work through, to identify preferences, to do communications, to work through differences of opinion. It's easier just to buy random plants and stick them in the ground. It just doesn't look as good. The front end work always pays off. Now this fall, we're going to have to dig up this whole garden and redo it completely. And we're going to have to do the work we avoided doing in the first place of decision-making. Now, this is going to play out in your mixed faith marriage, baptisms, anything, you know, when you're not willing to do the front end work, you're going to have a mess at the end. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be feelings of unappreciation and unsupportedness. If people aren't willing to do the front end work in communication around decision making. So decision making is a bit of the canary in the coal mine, as I said earlier. What I want to suggest to you around decision-making is a lot of decision-making is the things we've already talked about, you know, identifying your preferences, speaking directly and clearly, having the difficult conversations. And a lot of decision-making is also just spending time developing your partnership. And I've talked about partnership in the past. Like I said, this is a podcast where I'm sort of pulling some ideas together so you can see how they're all intertwined. A lot of decision-making is acting as partners. And this is where we're not making unilateral decisions. We're not abdicating decisions. We're not walking away and withdrawing. But we're staying present. We're staying engaged. And we're willing to take the time and the patience to make a decision together because it is harder to make a joint decision than to make a unilateral decision. It takes more time. It takes more patience. It takes more love. It takes more compassion. But you also end up with a really nice garden at the end and not the mess we have, okay? So when you think about decision-making, I want you to think about it as an investment you're making in your decision. I mean, in your marriage. Yes, it's going to take a little bit more time, but it's worth it. Okay, these are four skills that I consider some of the big pieces to have in place for really effective and impactful communication. There are others. There are more things we can talk about here, but these are some of the biggest pieces that I think are necessary in order to start really rounding out and developing your communication skills. Now, I teach about all sorts of things having to do with Mormon mixed faith marriage. If you want to know more, subscribe to the podcast. It's a great way. Then you'll get notifications of when a new episode lands. You might also, and I'd highly recommend this, getting on my email list. Because I also give fabulous tips and tools there to help with your Mormon mixed faith marriage. And they come directly to your inbox every week. How convenient is that? So if you want to get some practical tips and tools on how to help your Mormon mixed faith marriage, sign up for my email list. Really easy thing to do is you go to brookboothcoaching.com and you just get one of the free things I offer. You can, I offer a free mini course. I offer a free quiz to help you with your emotional resiliency. 
and I offer a free communication worksheet. If you grab any one of these things, you'll be automatically signed up to my email list where you'll get even more great free resources. I am here to help you make your Mormon mixed faith marriage as best as it can be because you can have a wonderful Mormon mixed faith marriage. And I want to support you as much as I can as you start to develop and achieve just that. All right, wishing you the best.